Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by a man who is moving on to the second round of fantasy football playoffs, Mr. Matty Key. Hello, Matty. What is up? I mean, barely. you know what I realized? Yeah, barely. Honestly, if I played anybody else, the game's over. Like, If I played me, Chris Saturday. Godwin. Yeah, if you played Chris Godwin, you win. I know. But um, I realized, and I said this to my wife, and she just looked and she was like, you better be. I've been first throughout the whole season. And uh, just so everyone is keeping score at home, I am also moving on to the second round of the fantasy football playoffs. Thank you. Barely. Thank you very much. I appreciate the round of applause that everyone just gave me. And uh, But... That also means <laughs> that also means one of us is not moving on, and that is Mr. James Key. Hello, James. You know it's important to stay humble. That's what's really important. It doesn't you know it's not whether you win or lose. It's about how you played the game. More fun. Uh, shake hands after. Um, yeah, that's it. How did you concentration, not Chris strength. Godwin. Soft hands. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever Gordon Bombay said to turn those little fucks around. <laughs> it was a wild week take the fall and after getting indignant <laughs> yeah get indignant that's what i need to do there was all sorts of crazy plays and players who overperformed and a lot of guys who underperformed oh yeah so you know as i said on the show many times before as much as you love fantasy football fantasy football hates you um but we all Love you for tuning in to another episode of 43.6. On this episode, we're going to talk about the Leafs scoring a touchdown on Kyle Dupas. We're going to talk about a Jordan Cairo. We're going to talk about Jacques Martin and DJ Smith. WWE and the NHL have a new agreement, allegedly. The UFC had a pay-per-view on this past Saturday night, UFC 296. We have an update on the Toronto Blue Jays. Also, we're going to talk about the NFL Week 15 recap and our picks, because they're great, for NFL Week 16. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode. Coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. But first, we do want to talk about what's been going on since the last time we gathered around to discuss some sports, I have a couple things written on my list. First of all, the first thing I have written on my list is that I won my fancy football matchup and James didn't. So that was uh, the first thing that I wanted to mention on the show. But I've already mentioned it before, I almost so I beat the first place guy. It doesn't matter. He had me sweating because it was honestly, I sat there and even though I had DK and Hertz to play last night, I was like, if Gino doesn't go and Drew Locke plays, there's a good chance DK gets like two points. And Hertz had his flu game. Thank God. The dude, you know what though? It was like the first play. It's like he knew all the fantasy people needed him and he just <laughs> ran a touchdown. First drive. So the, the reverse conspiracy. These fantasy yeah. boys need me. I'm running. Yeah. And I appreciate Jalen Hurts doing that because I it need got it. you your win. <laughs> I need DeAndre Swift to score. No more than 10.2 points in every single time that 
Jalen Hurts ran the ball himself. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Don't bother giving it to your <laughs> running back who's perfectly capable of doing this himself. Just run it yourself, you flu-ridden weirdo. But hey, man, I appreciate it. And I am happily moving on to the second round where I'm going to be facing Maddie in the second round. Assuming there's going to be no recalculation that comes out of nowhere, which has happened to me before this year, where I totally assumed that I had won that week and then a recalculation happened and all of a sudden I didn't win that week. So we'll see. But as it is right now, Maddie and I going at it in the second round where the winner will go on to the finals. And we haven't discussed uh, what the winner is going to get, although there is some sort of monetary prize, I believe. But in other leagues in previous years I've had, we all tripped in for like a championship belt or something. But, you know, we'll see. Some of these belts are really expensive. I'm not going to lie. They better hope I don't win because I will be insufferable. Mm. Just get one of them foam ones from Walmart. I still have. You know what I found the other day, Jim? The one we used to use? The foam championship tattoo. So when we were younger, we used to put on wrestling matches with the giant stuffed uh, prizes from like Wonderland. So, you know, you get like the giant gorilla or like the giant like seahorse or whatever you could win. So we had a couple of those. We used to put on wrestling matches in our basement and, you know, it'd be like one of us against the stuffed animal. And then the other would be like commentating. And the winner got the belt. I once lost to the monkey, the stuffed monkey. But I mean, it created a great storyline that I came back and won. Full redemption. Baby face chase, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that was cool. Also, fun story. Tyler broke Jim's nose. Do we have time for that? It's actually a pretty funny story. It's quick. Who broke who's what? So because we used to put on these wrestling shows in the basement, one day, I think it was like Jim was like invading the match that I had. And he no, we were a tag the... team. Oh, we're... <laughs> we were a tag team. makes it worse. Like... Dude, we were a tag team match. And <laughs> he, uh, we had this move where he held the guy up. Like my brother was on his back and he held the stuffed animal up. And it was a hardcore match, hardcore tag match. And naturally, we had all sorts of stuff around. And. We used to have this Fisher Price pool table that flipped in like, like you know an the air like the four in one, yeah. Where it was like air hockey pool, ping pong, right, right, right. So it has two pool cues that were used in the match. So I climb up to the top rope, which is basically three stacked patio chairs, right, getting ready for our finishing move. And he puts the guy, Maddie's on his back, puts the monkey I got up on his feet, and I'm getting ready to deliver whatever axe handle, elbow drop, I can't remember. And then at, for some reason, this guy decides to turn heel, throws the monkey off, grabs the two pool cues, stands them straight up, and they go straight up my nose. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> shots. Like per, Perfect one in a million, shot. Doc. Like, Both. Like, yeah. Like uh, George Costanza's dad. One in a million. Like there's no – like, and there's just blood like, everywhere. Getting one was a million to one shot. Getting both right up and then that just blood everywhere. And he oh. goes running upstairs. My mom's like, you're an idiot. And I said, he is for jumping. She said, you, you dumbass. Yeah. Biggest heel turn of all time. There's no reason. Nothing. No reason. You've heard the story about Kevin Owens, like playing with his action figures and needing entrance music for Steve Austin, right? Yeah. And he threw the plate against the wall or whatever. Or right. And then he tells, and he tells Jimmy <laughs> Jacobs, like I was, 
I was 20, I was like 17 years old or something, yeah. and he dies laughing. I, in my head, I'm trying to like piece together how old you guys must have been. Like, you like, must have been teenagers for sure. No, uh, younger. Like I think I was like ten. seven or eight. Or like 10 and seven. 10 and seven, probably. Yeah. Like, we were Just young. because you had said it was a hardcore match. I'm like, that wouldn't have been popular until like 1998, 1999. No, no it was that, around the time of WrestleMania 12. Which is 96. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I would have been like eight years old. Okay. But yeah. like, so we did that. But then as we got older, we got mattresses and we just yeah, started. Before you're sleeping on bales of hay, right? Yeah. No, I'm saying like that we would wrestle on like right. with people. So then we started like doing moves and like throwing each other around on the mattresses and friends would come over. We'd have like eight men Royal Rumble and just guys like pile driving each other on these mattresses. It was crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I give the vertebraker to a kid once. Cop killer. He, Jimmy once put me in the Boston Crab for like half an hour, and he thought I was laughing, but I was crying. And so my mom comes home from work and came downstairs, and because I was facing the door, Jim wasn't facing me. He's just like, ah, ah, tap out, and I'm crying. And he thinks I'm like laughing or giggling. My mom's like, get off him, you idiot. He's like, he loves it. She's like, he's in tears. And that hurt. It's probably the genesis of all my back problems. I don't know. It might have like stretched you out to such a point where it helps. That's why he's taller. That's why he's taller. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, why I'm the taller one. <laughs> so he won in the long run. Yeah. 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 We, I feel like everyone when they were kids did stuff like that, even though the show clearly tells you don't try this at home. Although they don't do that anymore. I realized I feel like once in do. a while, not as often. Mm. Yeah. I think they, they realized they were getting less less people at the performance centers. They were like, we'll just pull that off, have kids try this at home, and then when they get good, they... Or, <laughs> or there very well may have been like a court order at one point. Like they got sued and they settled out of court and they were told like a part of the settlement to like put a disclaimer up for X amount of years or whatever. I wonder if that's it. Anyways. So speaking of uh, your um, I, I a quick little sidetrack, uh, you're talking about like the performance centers and they're joked about oh maybe there's not enough talent or whatever so do you know how they get some people well they have a new program next in line which is going to colleges and universities so another thing they do is because there's a couple people that i follow on instagram that posted about it if you're like so they're obviously like fitness instagrammers and they're people and whatever they just send them an email or like an Instagram DM and say, hey, this is this person, blah, blah, blah. Here's my email. Here's my credentials and shit like that. Would you like to come do a tryout? Yeah. Yeah. So they're not yeah, even they, people that have any kind of athletic background. Like obviously they're fitness people. So they look the part. But yeah. And then they just go out. So there was a giant training camp uh, this past weekend. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I saw the pictures of that, of all these people who were there. There's like some CFL players. And yeah, they they find people from all over the place because it doesn't. And I get it now. Like, I remember a few years ago when they said they were going to start doing this. I thought it was a bad idea because I'm like, well, why wouldn't you take all these independent wrestlers? Well, it's because all these independent wrestlers are fucking my size. <laughs> They're all like well, that, my size and my age. So that in a very a handful of them, you can teach, right? Not a lot of them aren't very teachable. Like they all think they know everything. And, you know, it, right. it becomes it, it's it costs more to to reprogram their brains than it is to hit or miss because you can cut bait on a bunch of these guys if they're not working out right like if a if you sign this football player and you get him so far down the line and he can't cut a promo 
or he can't fucking do a hip toss or he can't work the left or whatever. Like it, you, you can cut bait and it's no, no money lost. I feel like if you have these independent guys where they, they should be X percentage along because they have a history, you almost don't, you almost don't want to cut because you think that like, you think that you can get there. Right. And they probably hang on to these guys longer than others. Cause they think, you know, if I just get them to do X or if I just get them to do Y, it'll unlock everything and they'll figure it out. So I think, you know, from that perspective, it's easier just to churn through a bunch of guys who haven't done it before. Well, it's well, also there's their like, brand and style too, right? Like you said, it's reprogramming is one thing, but I think also too, they're, these indie guys are wrestlers, right? A lot of the time and not necessarily entertainers. Right. So WWE is probably like, hey, yeah, if you can wrestle, great, but we need you more to entertain than we need you to wrestle. Yeah, and a lot of these fitness models, we'll say, or whatever else, I am willing to bet most of them probably have a significantly larger social media following than an independent wrestler does. Yeah. I think there's very few yep. independent wrestlers that have a significant following on social media. I feel like so, there's none. Of them, and those actually, be, and so. those guys, the the fans of and the followers, those people are probably already fans of you know what I mean. And if you bring in a fitness person who has 150,000, 300, 500,000 followers and 80, 70% of them aren't pro wrestling fans or sports entertainment fans, you're unlocking a brand new fan base. Right. So uh, three of the people, um, one guy, two girls, or two girls, one guy, two guys, one girl, um, oddly enough, all Asian um, were the ones that were there. The one guy's got like 350,000 followers. The one girl's got like 175,000. The other girl's Mm -hmm. got like... I think 105,000. So like think if they end up working out and there's three people there, you've just tapped into like 750, 800,000 follower fan base that you can kind of bring along with them. Right. Yeah. And especially if you're in a niche market of, I don't know, let's say they're a gymnast or something. What's, is there a professional gymnast? Like, no, like you can go to the Olympics with still amateurs and whatever. And maybe coach like, after. Like or be a coach later, but like, what's the career path for that? Like, you can right. go up to these people and say, "Hey, look, I'm giving you an option to make a whole lot of money, and all we need of you is to be athletic, which you already are, and for you to be coachable, which obviously you are because you have gotten this far in athletics that you must be coachable. And you so be a bootlicker for us. <laughs> if you're coachable, you can you can pick this up. You're athletic enough. You're young. You're good looking. Like those are things that they can't teach people. It's like if you're not if you're young and good looking, we can't teach you to be younger or teach you to be more good looking like we could slap some makeup on you right but like, other than that like you there's intangibles that they are looking for so it makes sense to me um and also AEW exists so if there is a, a hot indie guy like like i don't know um will osprey i don't know what five years ago if will osprey was offered a contract by wwe he probably would have taken it but he now was. there's, well, and he turned it down. I guess, it's not, <laughs> I guess it's not. Okay. I guess it's not a fair comparison because he was a different guy five years ago. I yeah. guess what I should probably say, if AEW didn't exist and there wasn't a company financially able to give him a million dollars a year and his only real professional major league opportunity was either Japan or WWE, I imagine he would have went with WWE. I guess what I'm saying is there's a whole bunch of indie guys who have that option to go to WWE and make a whole ton of money, or excuse me, have a chance to go to AEW 
and make a whole ton of money. So WWE's probably like, fuck it, we'll just we'll just make our own guys and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. And I know we're going down a weird rabbit hole here, but then you have guys like Frankie Kazarian who was like money damned, like I'm not working every week because like the roster's so bloated you can't like guys aren't getting time. Right. So you know, yeah, depends on it depends on how you value your craft too. Like do you do you want to collect a check and not do anything? You know, and just travel, show up to taping, sit in the back and have catering. I don't know. It sounds like a pretty good gig to me, but some some people and you know, I'd probably actually be one of those people. I'd be like, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, I'm just standing around getting paid gajillions of dollars. You know? Yeah, that's a pretty sweet deal to me. Um, also, what was probably a pretty sweet deal. And if you guys have anything else, uh, feel free to throw it in here. But I'm just going to move on to our, the next thing I got. I got my haircut, so I'm traumatized. I'm just struggling through this. <laughs> um, I also got a haircut on Friday. What's wrong with you, James? <laughs> I don't have anything wrong with me. I was just, if, if you want to go first, I have two things. One's about video games and one's about sports cards. Um, I, mine's also video games and doesn't matter. Just go ahead. So I don't know if you guys heard this. So the latest thing in sports cards is, um, so one of the biggest releases of the year is Bowman draft because Bowman draft has, um, the first Bowman cards of a lot of baseball prospects. So, um, guys like, um, what's this called? Like, um, uh, what's his, oh, fuck. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he's a prospect for the Texas Rangers that's going to play next year. Like Jason Wynn Weigard. I forget it. Maddie's looking it up, I think. Um, But anyway, uh, one of the cards they had in it is uh, Tom Brady rookie card for the Expos. Um, And they're all like, there's numbered versions, inscribed ones where he's like, if football doesn't work out, which is pretty funny. Uh, I'd love that card. Um, So anyway. Uh, very highly sought after product, but this one uh, eBayer had a bunch of the limited gold variants for sale on his eBay store, and everyone's like, "How the fuck does this guy get all the high-end numbered versions of these cards?" Turns out that like someone caught on, obviously, that this one eBay seller has them all, and they asked like fanatics about it who owns Tops and therefore owns Bowman. And apparently what happened, some guy was smuggling the ones that were not approved for print because or like like shipping because of um, errors or they weren't quality uh, approved. He was smuggling them out the back door and then listing them on eBay and collecting a shit ton of cash, which is fucking crazy Smart. if you think about Smart. it. Smart. <laughs> right? So... I thought that was a fucking wild story that there's like, you could have duplicate one of ones out there, but one's not even really official because it was never supposed to make it to market. Um, and then the other thing more sought after. That's what I was thinking. I was like, now you have this whole history and fiasco around it. It's kind of got a story, right? Like it's kind of like, to me, it's like, like, Oh shit. This is the one that was never supposed to make it. Right. It's like the Samus Amiibo, right? Where they messed up on, like a very small batch. So only like a couple hundred went out where it was dual guns, no, no hands on Thomas. Right. Or like the old Pikachu card where there was the first Pokemon run where the cheeks were black and not red or the other way around or something like that on the card. Or like the frame of the card wasn't shadowed where it's supposed to be. They have shadowless. Yeah. Shadowless is more 
uh, sought after. But um, the other thing is the numbering uh, on the correct cards is, is stamped on the front. These are stamped on the back, which is the way to tell how they're fucked up. I just think it's fucking cool. It's a cool story. Um, wild that some guy's just pocketing these cards and just walking out the door and just has his own eBay store. Just like, fuck it. And what the, you're stupid, though, if you're putting all these cards into one store, right? Because, like, nobody pulls all the cards. So if you're the one store and you have one of everything in numbered or gold, like, obviously, you've, like, you've done something fucked up. So, mm-hmm. And then the other thing is I've been way back into retro gaming. Like, it's not even funny. Um, I've been hacking my consoles and <laughs> putting emulators everywhere and roming shit like crazy. And just, I mean, I have another switch if you want to hack it for me. So before I go to Korea, because I would love yeah, maybe. to play Chrono Trigger. I might do it. Um, but I want to do a Wii next um, to make like an emulator station. Um, so I might grab a cheap Wii and, and play around with that. But I'm going back and playing games like I never played, especially like the Game Boy Advance, which has a massive library of things that like never really got into. Fire Emblem, Golden Sun, all this shit. Never played it. So don't, I'm going to give it a don't shot. Get, don't get into Fire Emblem. That's a whole you will not come out of well i'm not usually into like tactic style games like move here do that but yeah i'll give it a shot honestly if you're looking at doing that i would and again i'm biased but like final fantasy tactics is one of the greatest tactics games of all time and it's widely regarded as one of the best final fantasy stories they ever did and then um also too another like easy one to get into that's kind of simple and not as in-depth as fire emblem would be um advanced wars yeah or Mario and one. Mario and Rabbids or Rabbids, yeah. Disgaea. You know, we'll see. That's a whole you're getting a whole. So this retro gaming thing you're doing, are you playing it on the original hardware or are you trying to just get emulators on your PC or something? No, no, no I've PC's easy. I've modified this Vita to no end. And um it's great for Okay there Tarek. <laughs> okay there, Tarek. Yeah, it's great for uh all that kind of stuff, but I, I I was doing I've been doing this for years. Um, I have a PSP Go that's modded too, which is a, a fantastic little thing for like Super Nintendo and stuff. I I play NHL '94 on it. It fits in my pocket real nice, and you know they make these. Um, the cool thing is now there are guys out there who make modded versions of NHL '94 emulators, so they update the rosters and all the art and the teams. So they have like the Kraken and the Golden Knights with the proper rosters, which is fucking awesome. But then I like yeah, playing I NHL 94 and putting Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore, and Dave Andrewchuk on a line with Sylvain Lefebvre and, uh, and Dmitry Marinoff and just fucking mash. Um, I saw someone do a like a Legends wrestling version of No Mercy, like a modded version. And it looks incredible. And I forgot the yeah. name of it. But I called them on Twitter and stuff. I've been meaning to try to find a way to play that because it looks cool as hell. Um, but actually today I was literally looking into... How difficult. And it's not. It's just a matter of, because I have time. It's just, do I want to spend the time <laughs> to get a Raspberry Pi and build a little gaming thing? Like a retro pie? Emulate, yeah, exactly. I would just emulate a whole bunch of consoles and just have it on my TV and not have to worry it, about it. It's honestly not hard. No, I don't imagine. I don't think it is. It's matter. The difficulty is more of finding the time to do it rather than honestly, the Honestly, if you, if you really it. wanted to do that, it's just... Go and buy like three, four-year-old PC parts, total of like a couple hundred, plug it into the TV, and just download all the emulators onto there. And Not even. Buy a mini PC. 
Yeah. Well, that's what I'm <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what I'm going to do with a Raspberry Pi. No, but like a idea. mini PC is more powerful than a Raspberry Pi. So you might get further and play things like N64. Yeah, you could you could saying. probably get up to PS2 with it without breaking a sweat. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like hmm. when right, well, when the Xbox Series X and Series S could be modded outside of dev mode, which was the heyday like la- like last year of emulation, like people were buying Series S's just to mod because you could yeah. do it from the browser. Um, like the P- I was reading boards, people were like this is how I play my PS2 games now. <laughs> like I just played on my Xbox. <laughs> yeah. See, I w- I would love that because there's a bunch of PS1 games that I would love to play again that aren't available outside of PS1, like the Dot Hack series. I would love to go back and play that series, but and that's PS1. the other thing too. There's a whole level of like, like people talk about like ethics and stuff. There's a whole level of preservation, right? Like, yeah, these things don't deserve to to die in in stores that'll never sell them or buried in someone's basement like people deserve the opportunity to play these things and i would imagine that the people who created them since they've long since been on shelves for mass sale would much rather people play these games than be forgotten or collect dust or never seen again so i mean that's the way way, i kind of approach it yeah the way i get around it morally is if it's no longer being sold in stores i think it's fine because right. like if I mean like if you're going out and saying oh I'm going to steal not the latest version if you buy it at a garage sale, right? It, yeah, exactly. It's the exact same thing. Like you don't know how I acquired this game. I could have very well got it in a bargain bin for a dollar at someone's garage sale, or fucking punch the guy and taken it. That's it. My my belief is that if the game is no longer available, say on like a PlayStation Store or something like that, um, you know, I think you're you've done your right of trying to play it normally or i guess legally as i do air quotes and as you said if it's no longer available to buy or play realistically without jumping through a million hurdles then i think you're within your moral and ethical right to be able to just say fuck it i'm hacking my system i'm gonna play it i was gonna there's two things i can jump off on this because there is similar concepts that I want to talk about. One, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but and I know my nephew's not going to listen to this episode, so it doesn't matter. I am assuming what I'm going to do for Christmas, I'm going to get him the Pokemon Scarlet Violet 151 uh, trading card book thing. I don't know if you've seen this, but like, there's a Scarlet Violet Pokemon series that has come out, and they sell like this... A, like a binder to keep the cards in. It comes with like four packs or something or five packs. So I I'm going to get that in other these. packs. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and then I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be cool if he's opening them on Christmas Day and I also have my own set to open for myself <laughs> and then maybe we're trading cards and stuff. So I think I'm about to go down a Pokemon card collecting rabbit hole. Do it, man. Oh. Do we have... It's funny. We're at work. There's three of us that collect... Uh, no, four of us that collect. And we were all sitting in the lunchroom the other day, like swap, swapping 151 cards back and forth. And someone came in and went, are you Nerds. trading Pokemon cards? And we were, <laughs> we, all of us are over like 30. And we turn over we're like, yes. And they were like, <laughs> the woman goes, you're so cute. Oh, okay. And I was like, That's all right, a, cool. That works. It's a better response than I was expecting to get. Instead of fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> um, yeah. Also, I started Alan Wake 2, and all I want to say is real spooky. Should I play it? I, I have I had the first one. I played 15 minutes, and I was like, yeah, too much flashlight. That's pretty much what I did with the first one, too. So I ended up watching a streamer play the first one, and whatever. Like, the story is, you don't need to know it. It doesn't matter. Um, what I will say, there is a mechanic in the game that's really fucking stupid, and it's annoying, and I hate it. Um, that being said, there was a point last night where I'm thinking to myself, I really got to pee, but I don't want to stop playing. So that's always a telltale sign to me of like, or you no, didn't want to walk to the bathroom point. alone. Like I, well, no, I just mean like, you're so invested in this game that you're putting you like all, it. you're putting like your life on hold. <laughs> like, no, I'm going to keep going and yeah, keep doing this. So it, it is potentially giving there yourself a things. bladder infection. Dude's gonna shit his pants. And be like, I did it for Alan Wake too. <laughs> it's like that South Park episode where Cartman's like, "Mom, bathroom." If you come that, running down with the that's yeah. the cheesy the wow. That, yeah, yeah, no, that's poops. the wow episode. Yeah, when they start playing World of Warcraft and Cartman doesn't want to leave, so his mom yeah. comes down with a bedpan and he shits in the uh, bedpan. No, but he misses the bedpan and just shits all over. Well, it's because it comes out like a spray can and just yeah. covers her. Yeah. <laughs> also, okay, quickly, last last video game thing I want to touch on. I got bored the other day okay. and I turned on Twitch. Grand Theft Auto roleplay is the most interesting and most boring thing. No pixel. I've, I like I. Who are you watching? I, XQC. No, I both don't understand it and completely understand it. Like I'm right in this limbo of like, like they talk and their mouths move and the the interface is all different and what's the point and what are they doing? But they're having conversation and somebody died and went to the hospital and they dragged it. Like, it's it's kind of so, like okay. watching Days of Our Lives, but there's there's actually a lot of rules to no pixel. Like you can never refer to the outside world at all. Like you have to stay in character no matter what. So you can't be like, oh my God, my game crashed, right? So like if your game crashes and you come back, they say, what happened to you? You'd be like, oh, I, I, I went unconscious. Like you have to, you have to find in-game type things. Um, it's fully modded. Like the mod, the way they modded GTA 4. Yeah, the they, menus they, and everything, it's all different. It's insane. And they create heists and whatever. There was a series of like heists that uh, everyone was trying to do for a period of time. Um, and it's like super complicated. They like, have jobs. Took, they have delivery yes. service. Yeah. Like there's people that act as just like delivery people. Yeah. There's they work for grind. As, yeah. Or they work for Cluck and Bell. And yeah. <laughs> they just sit at the fast food restaurant and take people's orders um xqc is obviously the biggest but he and like a couple other the big streamers bought the no pixel rights and servers and dumped a whole shit ton of money in it and invested in it to like expand on what they can do with it and so they just launched no pixel 4.0 on the 15th yeah that's what it's i was hilarious watching. yeah it is absolutely hilarious it, like i only watch xqc do it because like he rages so much but it's so funny because of how angry he gets. He's pretty much himself in the game where everyone else is playing a character. He's just himself. So it's funny. We should probably also mention this because it's come up a number of times on the show. And there was news on this yesterday. Jonathan Majors was charged uh, for assault and aggravated harassment. And then two hours later, dropped by Marvel. And then, yeah, immediately dropped by Not Marvel. Charged, so found guilty. Yeah. Well, no, that's what that means <laughs> so you get you get charged after you sorry no you no you're right so he was charged he's charged and then, then i guess he's trying and then found guilty he's now been found guilty i guess now convicted i guess is the proper whatever the yes. fuck um he found guilty 
of uh, assault and aggravated, uh, aggravated harassment. I don't know why it's so hard for me to say. Interesting, to say the least, because the video came out last week. Did you guys see the video of the incident? No. It So it based on this video, that's like almost like a top-down view of what happened, and there's no audio. It looks like he's trying to forcefully get his then-girlfriend into a cab or a Uber or something. And it looks aggressive, but it doesn't look that bad. But again, like it's a fucking grainy video from far away with no audio. I have no idea, right? And then something happens and he runs away from her. Like he's like trying to get the fuck away from this woman. And then like switches camera like to another intersection down the street and he's running and she's still running. She looks like fucking Terminator running after this guy. He runs for like seemingly a kilometer away from this woman. So when that video came out, I was like, oh, he's going to get, you know, it's going to be not guilty and we're never going to think about this ever again. But no, <laughs> found guilty. It's like, okay, well, never mind I'm, then. So I, my feeling is that Marvel essentially did this. They're like, the trial's happening. If he's found not guilty on all charges, then we move forward and just say, well, you know, due process, you know, you have yeah. to do this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they were like, but if he's found guilty, we drop him immediately. Yeah. Of anything. Right, yeah. And again, I'm not trying to like say he, I, I'm on one side or the other. Like the justice system says he's guilty. Fuck it. He's guilty. Whatever. Um, yeah. There's smarter people than us that go through this process. <laughs> and there's people who are on the jury who have way more of the story than any Evidence, of us have. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if he's found guilty, he's found guilty. And we have to respect that as a society. <laughs> so that's the way it is. Um, however, minor spoil, not a minor. Okay. Spoiler for fucking everything up to now for <laughs> Marvel for MCU. I feel like they were planning this anyways, like cutting majors loose because like the way he was treated, the way like Kang was treated in the end of Ant-Man. I was like, Hmm, it doesn't seem like he's that big of a threat that Ant-Man kind of dusted him away. You know, like it didn't, doesn't see that big of a deal. And then at the end of Loki season two, where like you guys have seen end of you guys, seen Loki, yeah, like where Loki is basically he who remains now. It's like, oh, well, what like and well, Victor Timely just he's the got, god like, of stories. Right. But my point is, like, what is Kang? Where does he fit in any of this right now? Like, I feel like he's just some guy that is irrelevant say, now because of the way things have gone. If I was them, don't go so big, maybe. Like, they have a perfectly good villain they could build around with a couple minor villains and do something really fucking cool. And that's Vincent D'Onofrio and Kingpin. I would love if they did mm. the whole Mayor Fisk, keep it kind of street level, get some like tertiary villains to to work with him and stuff like that and, and go from there. But and they could do something really cool. I don't know that they have to go super big again. That's me. Well, I believe they brought in a new director to finish Loki season two. There's a whole bunch of rewrites there. And it's the same guy who's going to end up directing Kang Dynasty, which is now just Avengers five. So I feel like when those rewrites started happening, they were like, we're moving Kang out. We're going to temporarily do something that can op- leave the door open to him coming back. But if he doesn't, fuck it. We move on. Um, what? This is probably a conversation we should have next week. And maybe we will. I just I love the like the theory fan casting. And they're like, if you do want to keep Kang, but you got to recast him, like, it'd be hilarious if you did Terrence Howard. Oh, Okay, so yes, that would be really funny. The funniest one that I saw was um, Never Tropic Thunder and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, they just had Robert Downey Jr., yeah. 
You know what would actually be really clever is if you brought back Michael B. Jordan as a variant of Kang, because then you're playing off the whole like well, same 3. thing from Creed three, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like okay, you know, it'd be it'd be kind of like an interesting like meta for the or give thing. John Boyega the Disney Redemption tour. Yes, that would be cool. He'd be awesome. Could- I, I genuinely think he'd be awesome as like a Kang. There's something that I think is right there for them that they could do, but I don't think they will do now that Bob Iger's back with Disney. Renslayer's right there. And like near the end of season two of Loki, a lot of people are speculating is like, is Renslayer just like a, another Kang variant, but like a female one? Like yes. Sylvie is a female variant of Loki? Yes and no. She does take up the mantle of Kang, but she's not a Nathaniel Richards variant. She just takes up the mantle of Kang in the comic for a brief period. Mm. I'm just saying. That that's there, but I feel like there'd be a lot of backlash to have like a a female lead for the, not a lead, but a female antagonist, right? I also know that we definitely got to get to the sports stuff, but the one last yeah. thing I'll say, and it's just like a pet peeve, I hate when people freak out about spoilers for comic storylines down the road, and they're like, like I just said, Renslayer did take up the mantle of Kang in the comics for a period, and people be like, oh my god, spoilers, and I was like, it was in the comics in the fucking seventies, like get fucked, <laughs> yeah, like it's, you know what I mean, like. It's not a spoiler because it's not referencing anything in the material that Marvel's done. It's referencing the history of shit they can lean on if they want to pivot. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't for know. the most part, they just use the source material as something to jump off of, and it's not exactly. necessarily like going to be gospel according it, oh, to it triggers uh, Kevin me. gospel according to Kevin Feige. Whatever, I'm hyped to see what he does with Star Wars. But anyway, I'm also hyped from Saturday night. I'm still buzzing. I'm sure the Maple Leafs are still buzzing. It was, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you generally would know better than I would, but it was the first time the Penguins had been in Toronto since Dubis took over. The They play, I think, two games against the Pens this year. One, they already played in Pittsburgh where it was right. like that last second goal. And yeah, this was the first one with uh, Dubas back in... What was it? What was the commentary, Jim, that you always laughed at at the way the guy said Dubas? Is it Dubas? Yeah, Kyle Dubas. Yeah, because then we well, all made no, the that joke. Was, was like, do, do boss. boss. Well, that was the owner or the, whoever the fuck hired him. Yeah, like during yeah. the press conference, they're like, <laughs> "Don't oh, even yeah. know the guy's Here's name." New, uh, our new Kyle. president, general manager, Kyle Dubas. <laughs> like what? It's like, it's Kyle Dubas, sir. Just oh, brings him out Lord. to Ramstein. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> like, it's Steve, just, like, it's, like Steve Ballmer, so excited, just like yeah. But like it's because they want to get his name right, they just dub the Duhas part with it's like the heavy theme that it cuts is Dubas. And then it's just into the song. That'd be fantastic. You should make that. But yeah, anyway, sorry, Dustin. No, that's fine. And what's my favorite thing about all of this wasn't just the fact that it was a seven nothing victory. But you saw Max Domi have himself a game. Brad Trilliving guy. You saw Tyler Bertuzzi have himself a game. He had two points that night. Another Brad Trilliving guy. You saw Noah Gregor score a goal. Dude. On the power play. <laughs> how how good has Noah Gregor been all season? Like, that guy couldn't cut it on the Sharks. And he's, like, he's probably been our most consistent player. He's the Kelly Yarncroft 2.0. He's the depth Cali Yarncroft. I think he's I in a, in a weird way. I think he's better. I think he gives you more. Like he's he's lightning fast. 
and he's a relentless four checker. He's fought this season. Like to be honest, I I think he gives you more. And I and even that one game where he had to play in the on the top line didn't look out of place. No, no he, he kept up. I mean, for that game, I don't think yeah. he does it. I mean, he's not a, he's not a first yet. line line. He's not making eight million dollars a year. It's nice to know that there's a dude you can just slot in there as a need. Like if a guy gets hurt or whatever, you can move him around. You just don't worry about him, right? And that's what I mean by Yaron Croak, right? Because he's that guy that Sheldon Keefe looks at and goes, we need someone else on the top line. You can move him up. You need third line, move him down. You know, he's very, he's versatile. He's, he's your Ben Zobrist, right? Of your team kills penalties, can play power play. You know, he's, he's not going to be the best player on your team. He's definitely not going to be your worst but he's probably your most reliable. Like, you know, you're, you're getting the same thing every night. And, and we have to also mention yeah. uh, Brad for living also Martin brought Jones. in Martin Jones. First star Oof. of the night. So did you, I, I don't know if you caught this in any of the write-ups or talk. You remember how we were all afraid being oh Martin Jones going to get claved off waivers. Apparently, the reason he didn't was because the bonus structure that Tre Living worked out for him made it so teams do not want to pick him up because they yeah. don't want to pay it. It was a hundred thousand dollars that was due at the, I think it was beginning of the season or it was right before the waiver deadline or whatever it was, and teams who were looking for a goaltender didn't have the cap available to do that. So yeah, it was a shrewd move that most people Smart. saw go under the radar. And I don't know if I can attribute that to true living. I want to for the sake it's of this argument. Pretty, Sounds like a Brandon Pritta move. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a Brandon Pritta move. Um, but yes, I want to contribute it to true living just for the case of my argument right now. But all that being said, uh, halfway through this shellacking, maybe a little further into the shellacking that the Maple Leafs put on the Penguins. I love the ISO cam that just kept <laughs> shooting Kyle Dubas and poor, poor Jason Spezza was the, the casualty in all this too. But here, so here's the thing. The crowd started getting on Dubas, obviously, because I, I don't think you'd be shown in the arena. I'm, I'm probably 99% sure it wouldn't have. But the people knew that Kyle Dubas was up there in the 600 level watching the game. And they started chanting Dubas in the ironic sort of Daryl Strawberry way, trying to get on his nerves. Daryl. So apparently there's a couple guys right below that box, like at the top level of the uh like right where he was gm's box or whatever there's like a, a section that's not too far below that mm, i'm trying to think of like that area and it would be difficult for them to yell at him but i suppose it's possible so there's guys there that were just apparently giving it to him like the i mean whole I think, i'm game. sure there's a lot of guys in that arena giving it to him all night well, yeah, that's, I'm sure it was a hostile environment for yeah. Kyle Dubas. I guess what Which I'm is nice at to is, see for our barn to be like that because it's rarely like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons as to why Leafs fans are as quiet as they are. And we've we discussed that yeah. a lot over the, the many episodes of the show. But how do you feel about that? Because here, here's here's why I'm suggesting it maybe or may not be the thing to do. Because... I don't know, like, what's the narrative? Like, what? 
what do we ultimately, now that we have as much information as we're possibly going to get out of what happened, what do we think happened with Kyle Dubas? Do we think that he strong-armed his way to a president role that Shanahan still had and then overstepped and got canned for it? Or was it an unfair firing based on comments he made at a press conference off the cuff? No, I think I think he tried to blackmail the the team and the organization. I really do. The way things were laid out, like he was he he wanted a position and he said, Well, I think him saying, Well, I don't know if I want to do this, I gotta think was I think he tried to scare the board into submission and they and have them choose. Right. And they chose Brendan. And then he like, like he tried to elicit a response by saying, I'm going to go home and think about it. And they're going to, Oh, wait, wait, Kyle, we need you. And then the board basically said, he thought he was more valuable to them than they did. Yeah. Actually perceive. So that's what I think. And I, again, I don't think anybody, the way this should work, there's nobody above the maple leaf on the on the front of the the sweater. So and, and fucking games like that's fucking childish. So, you know, if we are to believe and everything that's been laid out kind of seems that, that that was the case, then like fuck and then immediately after like and that's the thing, immediately after saying, Oh, my family and oh the leafs and oh I don't want to work. Ooh, president's job? Penguins? Okay. Like fuck off. Right, like you're 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 showing your hand at this point, to me anyway. So I do think in a weird way it is a little bit. Uh, it's okay. I don't know if it's like deserved, but I think it's okay, in terms of the fact that you know you kind of you tried to hold the the franchise ransom for for you, and it didn't quite work out for you. So you went and got the gig you wanted somewhere else, and cool, man. Seven nothing says too bad. Yeah, I I think I think also what is if you were to just had say you know this is something I would assess it's a really trying few years you know obviously it's a lot of stress and blah 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 and just left it at that and then he ends up getting fired and that's kind of the end of it. I think it's not as vitriolic as a response or maybe not as vocal a response. I think the problem is too in that press conference, he was like, you know, I got to think about this, but I'll tell you that if it's not here, I'm not working anywhere else for a while. And then two weeks later, it's the penguins job. I think that that yeah. has a lot to do with it. And a lot yeah, of I forgot fan- about that part, honestly. Right. And so I think a lot of the fans are like, you're a fucking liar because you said, you know, and it's you, not the jilted girlfriend or jilted boyfriend type thing, but it's more of like, dude, you just said that if it's not here, then you're kind of taking time off. You took all of a week and a half off. So it just shows that it wasn't about, you know, the Maple Leafs being here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't about the team. It was about what you could get from them. And you tried to squeeze more from them, whether it was money, whether it was position, whether it was. Oh, yeah. I forgot even about whatever. the contract ask. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just it looks well, more disingenuous. To be fair, I don't think we know officially for sure what the contract situation was. Like that was speculated of him asking for more money. And also the which all this may have been true. <laughs> we just I'm just saying we don't know for sure. But yeah. Matt, you make a great point of like 
the guy said, I don't want to do this anywhere else. And then all of a sudden, a week later, he was the pres- president of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's like, oh, okay. And and then took listen. Jason Spezza with him. And then, you know what I mean? So it just looks like optically. Terrible. Just It looks like he did a lot of things out of spite. Like Nola Chari, also, Nola Chari gets signed, right? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, Nola Chari, he brought into the Maple Leafs in a trade, and then when he was available as a free agent, he went and signed him. I don't have a problem with the Nola Chari thing, but no, I'm just saying optically from from a fan side of things who are going to chant that name, it just looks kind of like you know, I don't know. It looks it looks a little I just, spiteful. I just think everything after that press conference looks very, like I said, disingenuous because throughout the whole thing. And again, the big crux to me is when you say you don't want to work anywhere else, but here for whether it's for a period of time that you're going to be taking time off and then that comes up, then to me, like I just said, it's more for him. It was more of a selfish thing and more of an ego thing than it was a, I want to be in Toronto thing. That, and you look at some of the way that, Dubis constructed the team each year and it was like fucking guy A to fill spot B and guy D to fill spot F and you know Trey Living goes out and gets Bertuzzi and Domi and listen they probably haven't exactly come as advertised but lately they've been a lot better than they were and I mean you think about the days even on the back end of this team where we had to suffer through shifts of Martin Marincin for fucking weeks and weeks on end and That's now we have the name I thought of the other day, right? We're now you're watching guys like Lagason, Lajoie, Benoit come in and serviceable minutes each game, right? You start looking and you start saying, you know, where were these opportunities then? Like, why weren't we, were like, was were we not aiming for the right people? You know what I mean? So, were we? Where was our our horse? too firmly strapped to the cart of Martin Marincin for too long. Like, is that Justin Hall, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you can't sit here and tell me that guys like Lagason and Benoit who have been, listen, they're not one, two on a defense core. They're incredible seven eights right now. And that's good. I mean, they're great. Next guy ups. A a guy like Lagason though, I think to me is really playing himself into conversation to be a number six. Well, so is Benoit. For sure. I think Lagason just gives you more all around, maybe not as tough, but I think he's very gritty. He's sturdy. He plays mean, but I think that on the offensive side of the puck being the first pass out, you know, to be able to clear the puck, I think he gives a little bit more from that aspect. So I think for a team that is offensively gifted as the Leafs and you want that puck in the forward's hand as quickly as possible, Lagason gives you that. But I, I, I think you're right. I think it was not necessarily targeting budget guys because let's be real Benoit Lagos and Lajoie are budget type guys because they're depth pieces it's targeting the right type of budget guys um I think there was too much reliance on one you tried to build a team full of the same type of defensemen hoping that they could just skate past their trouble right yeah here's a here's a scenario for you let's say that you're the general manager of the New York Yankees. And then the next season, whether you got fired or you quit or whatever, the next season you are now the president of the Washington Nationals. What do you think 
is the better job. You're paid more money in Washington, but you're the you I mean, live the Yankee gig. <laughs> yeah, the Yankee gig is the better gig. Because sometimes I think we look at things with a Maple Leafs lens and we're like, well, why wouldn't you rather be in Toronto instead of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Like, I'm trying to use a a, a different sport, different cities. Like, Dude, I get there's an opportunity to go to Pittsburgh and say, man, I get to lead a team of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. The problem is he has maybe two, <laughs> two and a half years of that. You know, and then he goes out and gets Eric Carlson. It's not, it's not working so good. You know, so I don't. You know, I heard this on the radio. I forget who it was the other day talking about, like Dubis went and handcuffed him financially, handcuffed himself financially with the contracts, how he structured them, getting held ransom by Mitch Marner and company, and then goes to Pittsburgh, has cap flexibility, immediately removes cap flexibility from his job by signing Tristan Jari to an enormous contract by bringing in Eric Carlson. Like, like he's, he, he went and committed all the flexibility he had away, which is wild to me. And I think we talked about this too. When he signed with Pittsburgh is that the outlook of this team's future is not good. Like they don't have a lot of deep prospects I mean, they don't really have prospects at all that are anybody's aware of. Picks, they don't have no. a lot of picks because when you have all these years of Crosby and Malkin, future Hall of Famers, top 100 NHL players of all time without question, and Crystal Tang and things like that. And when you have as much success as they had and you try to hold on to that with those guys because realistically and rightfully so, you milk those guys for all their worth in terms of you know playoff success because those are the type of dudes that can drag you through three rounds of a playoffs. Um, that when they go there's nothing there for them like zero so the cap flexibility could have been utilized as you said to look at this and say accrue some picks and prospects to take on some shitty contracts get some picks in return exactly um and he didn't do that and so and back to the question dustin had posed is that as much of people can say you know, even in management, the pressure in Toronto is tough. The resources are also limitless, right? So where you can say, yeah, I have more control or yeah, I can be a president in Pittsburgh. You can be in president in Pittsburgh with a pool as shallow as four feet, or you can go and be the GM in Toronto where your resource pool is as deep as the Marianas Trench. Yeah, yeah it's big fish, small pond, medium fish, big pond. Exactly. So, because everything is, you know, for the organization here, it's you have a problem, just throw money at it. They don't care, you know. But, um, and not just that, it's it it comes with beyond just, you know, burying players, you know, injured reserve, just say, you know what, you're hurt, collect your money, whatever, Jake Muzzin and guys like that, and uh, Klingberg. But it also goes with who are the best doctors. Right. And every doctor is going to look and say, and Toronto can just be like, you know what? Everyone's offering you 500,000. We'll give you 900,000. Like, I'm going to go there. Scouts, uh, trainers, everything. And yeah, even in Toronto terms- medical staff across MLS and E has, has been lauded, you know, even by Kawhi Leonard about how good it is. So, like, you're not, you're not wrong. Like, the, the resources available to the Toronto Maple Leafs as an organization are, are much higher. But I, I want to preface this by saying I in no way, like I'm not missing 
Kyle Dubis as a GM of this team oh, whatsoever. Um, you know, people can talk about the Bertuzzi and Domi contracts and like if they're paying off, whatever. They're for a year. And for as long as the rumor of uh, Bertuzzi has, you know, potentially being a target of the Toronto Leafs, Dubis didn't make that happen. Brad True Living did. Like the guy that Let's, apparently was chased by Dubas forever, he couldn't make happen. Trey Living did, and he didn't handcuff the team to do it. He gave them a year contract, and maybe it works I out. Also, maybe they stay, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe they circle back next year and they look at Nazem Kadri, who probably won't be playing in Calgary much longer. Like there's, like they have options, and the way things are structured now, they're going to be alleviated of money next year. Like there's, you know, even Samsonov is one year. Listen, I don't know. I don't know if that man's gonna be on his team next year. Like, there's a lot of. They've done a really good job giving this team an out at the end of the season for a lot of things in case they need it, and that's what a good GM does. Well, we also have to remember. Well, not necessarily remember. We also have to realize people can say, "Oh, Max Domi really hasn't worked out." He's third in assists, five on five in the NHL. Yeah, his defensive right? game is a little bit. Wonky, but, but at producing. the end of the day, not everybody can be everything to everyone, right? No, exactly. So, in a roundabout way, Dubis, cool, great, fuck you. It was nice to see you get a touchdown put on you. And it was uh, it was nice to hear the crowd give it to him because historically that wouldn't have happened, right? Like he gave us a villain to root against. Yeah, and w- like where do you sit on this? Like, because clearly, I think you th- you think that this was the wrong move by the. Like that's at least that's what you kind of inferred. Well, no, I I, I implied <laughs> that I I wasn't uh, sure about it. You inferred it, but you're not necessarily wrong. Um, I thought on the surface of it that I'm like I don't know how I feel about ripping on this guy. Like he he spent a lot of years here, did a lot of good things. Like he, you know, he sure. drafted drafted Austin Matthews. He drafted Mitch Marner. I could have drafted Austin yeah. Matthews. The fucking I, dog. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like get, get I mean, the octopus I'll, that predicts playoffs, and you could have drafted Austin. <laughs> you never know. Like there could have been a situation where he's like, you know, Patrick Line, he looks Sam really Louis. good right <laughs> the now. The Maple Leafs select Pat pushes glasses. His, his advanced stats are so much better than Austin. His Matthews. exit zone entry expectation over ninety is incredible. I feel like there's plenty of things that we can look back on and say, hey, Kyle Dubas did that, and that was cool. Um, Mark Giordano, I'm sure was yeah. him as well. Like there's a lot of things that he did and even the John Tavares trade. Like we were fucking Funny. jumping, like jumping through hoops yeah. when that happened. We were so happy when John Tavares made that uh, signing. But yeah, but is that because we got John Tavares or because we felt scorned by Steven Stamkos? No, yeah. I don't think anything to do with that, honestly. No. I, I think that was breaking the narrative of, of, you know, superstars not wanting to play here. And not only did he sign with the Maple Leafs, but he, you know, tweeted that picture of him in his in his bed, his bedding that was Tron Maple Leafs bedding when he was a child. Right. So anyways, what I'm getting at is I don't know if I liked it, but now that you guys are talking about it, I guess I see your point. <laughs> so I can I can be persuaded. <laughs> we've we've sold you. Persuaded you. <laughs> you we've sold you. We've sold you on degeneracy. We've... <laughs> yeah. The I have something to sell you on, though. And that is this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Now Your Treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games. 
sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. That's N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S dot C-A or .com. And remember, go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. I heard something on TikTok the other day or something like that where they're saying like Canadians talk in such a way that um, all of a sudden their voice goes like lower when they're done a sentence and i'm not been thinking about that as i'm doing ad reads and i'm gonna think about that for the rest of my life as i uh, i thought it was different it was there's an uptone yeah i think it's an uptone as we're talking and then it goes down to a lower tone when we're done talking Hmm. look i I just did right there i thought is everything's a question no but that's if it is a question i'm saying if you're saying a regular sentence you end up going up pretty high and then when you're done saying what you're going to say you've come back down here let's say it's not whatever canadian accent is not as bad as a toronto accent so okay so toronto accent not a real thing it's not a thing it's it's a subsect of a subsect of a subsect no it's real in as much as morons are adopting it and pretend like it the real idiots are using it it might be a generational thing too like the people that we are interacting with don't like what is like a crody? I don't know. Uh, is it right. like some kind of new baked good? Sounds like it. Sounds like they're going to serve it at the X next year. So sounds like it's going to be served at the Mandarin, actually. Yeah, the Mandarin. <laughs> I love the Mandarin. It's but, Crody um, Fest. Yeah, <laughs> Crody Fest at the Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, it's now not July first. It's August first. Yeah. Um, no, like the whole thing. Like, and this is this episode just should just be titled digression. But um, the whole like Toronto accent thing. Um, I saw a TikTok video where a guy had the accent and he's like, people think this is a joke. This is how I talk, fam. Going for a job interview, I still talk like this, fam. You think I'm changing for any Yukons? I was like, bruh, you think you're walking into Nobody, a job interview? Go fuck yeah. yourself. Nobody's born with that. I don't care. There are people in Jamaica, which is apparently where this is der- trying to be derived from, that don't talk like this. You, you've made this up. This is not a real thing. There's a... There's that that broad who's on the that got famous for it, where she's like, and what I don't like if if the business is true, fam. And then this broad, I've seen her talk normally, and she goes, well, this is how I talk when I have to be professional, but I feel like the other person's the authentic me. I'm like, what? No, <laughs> you're lying. I, I'll be honest, I've I've never ever in person seen or been around someone who talks like this. It it screams unintelligence. And that's the thing. Like you, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. But... Yeah, I if if I was in, someone came and talked to me like that in a professional setting, they'd be fired on the spot. I would fart in front of them. I would just loudly fart. They'd be like, and what I don't like, like just forget it. <laughs> just unabashedly rip the like. Just what do you think about that? Yeah. Just greasy Taco Bell fart. I just yeah. you know I ha- I had a perfect transition when Maddie said. If someone talked to me like that in a professional setting, they'd be fired on the spot. I'm like, perfect. Jumping off point. Let's go, go right there. Let's do it. And then James is like, Taco Bell fart. I'm like, all right, well, fuck. There's there's no transitioning now. Like, that's hey, it. Let's sure. rewind. Like, like a that? fart in the wind, you transition to the next topic. There you go. So what was your transition? Fired on the spot. Well, someone who got fired recently was Craig Berube. 
head co- former head coach of the St. Louis Blues. And shortly after that, when Barube was let go, there was media availability with the players, like there always is. And there was a media scrum with one Jordan Cairo. And his quote was, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Now, apparently the Blues fans didn't like that. And listen, but look, why? Blues fans are like, yo, we love Barube. He brought us a Stanley Cup in 2019. Mm-hmm. He's a, a beloved coach there, supposedly. I guess they all have um, long-term memory and not short-term memory. <laughs> but I suppose they all like uh, Barube. But anytime I see stuff like this, and like, so, the, so what ended up happening was the fans were booing Kairu on home ice. And made the man I don't cry. know, man. When I see stuff like that, I'm like, if Kairu was a white man, would this be happening? I just feel like there's always a tinge of racism with stuff like this. So I'm like, hmm, hmm. Mm. I don't, I don't know. know. I can't confirm or deny, but I'm just saying, is I don't know. It's just. I, I think, see there's something there. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, he, guys. I, don't I know haven't looked that. into his stats. Is he underperforming? Are they using this as a reason? Like, first of all, this is like different than the Dubas thing. Like, Barube was let go, and Kyrie literally said, like, the 100% honest to God's truth. I have nothing to say. He's not my coach. There's nothing incorrect in that statement. He didn't lie and say, I'm only going to play in St. Louis and then played in Detroit next year. Like that's not what happened. He, and then they, they booed him in the home ice. I don't, I don't know. I don't. And then like, look how emotional the guy is. Like, it's got to suck when your fucking team, the people behind you are booing. Like that's, you know, and, and, and not like, I don't know if it's deserved. I'm going to plead ignorance on this. Because I've watched a lot of Leaf games where guys like Aki Berg and Dave Ellett and fucking Larry Murphy couldn't play on the Leafs but could win a cup with the Red Wings. Like these guys get booed because they they don't play well. I don't know if Kyrie's had a bad or good season, but so here's here's an example: 2021, 2022, in 74 games, he had 27 goals, 48 assists for 75 points. It's a good season. In 2022, 2023, he 79 games played. He had 37 goals, 36 assists for 73 Ooh. points. This year, in 30 games played, he has six goals and 15 assists. See, so that's what I mean. I wonder if it's more they're they're using they're perf- saying that along with his like. It's like wait a second, the coach gets fired, and he has to bear the brunt of it, but he's not performing, like, and I guess like, what do the fans want? You can't fire a player. You can trade a player. They don't get fired, so. I- also, I also, to be just to be clear, Jordan Cairo is Canadian with Greek descent, so he's probably there's not no racism. To, have you ever heard anyone racist <laughs> against just, Greeks? Never. Well, never. Never. <laughs> never. But I, I would say this for what bothers me is he is their number one center. He should be performing, and a coach that a lot of the players love, the fan base loves, essentially is having to take the fall for guys not performing. And I think it's also kind of indicative of the NHL as a whole has a serious problem where 
and this is likely due to the salary cap and the way the CBA works and shit like that, where you tie these guys up that you, you can't just move them. Like you can't just move a player or you can't just get rid of a guy because you're, you're no so <laughs> hand strapped. Exactly. So your only real bullet in the chamber is coach or GM. I mean, right? I feel like that's sports in general. I, although there are rare occasions, like you look at the Miami heat and Spolster has been there for God knows how long or Popovich in San Antonio. God knows how long I, I feel like there's no, you know, and even in, Pittsburgh, like the Steelers aren't going to fire Mike Tomlin, right? No. Nope. You know, it's they, they'll 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 turn the team over fifteen times before they fire Mike Tomlin. So right. watch, he gets Tomlin gets fired at the end of the season. Um, I don't know. In, in hockey, I think maybe I actually think you know what? Now that I think of it, I think maybe you're right. I think maybe hockey coaches are infinitely more expendable because of the salary cap. I just like I do. Think of it. Think of it like this: If you have Sheldon Keefe, who's the gonna arguably become the winningest, not arguably, he could potentially become the winningest. He's coach currently in the winningest coach in NHL history in in as many games, percentage wise. Yes. Right, and if these players don't perform in the playoffs, it's yeah, gonna fall on him. <laughs> yeah. Right, and it's just like, at what point do you lay the blame on the players and start saying, you know what, we're gonna shift because you can't. If say it was the Spurs. If it was the Spurs, they'd be like, all of you. <laughs> yeah. Like, and we joke right? about it, but it's true, right? Dude, they like, traded they Kawhi Leonard, guys right? Exactly. Kawhi didn't, you know, adhere to what the culture and the system was there. They shipped his ass out. Yeah. You know, so I just, I it, it bothers me to a degree because I do agree sometimes coaches need to go. I think the message becomes lost. I don't think Barube is the kind of guy where the message got lost. I think the players weren't performing, but they're like, we, we can't. We can't ship Cairo, Pareko, and Robert you know, Rob Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, we can't ship these guys out. So sorry, man, you gotta go. I also don't know if it was that bad of a thing for him to say. <laughs> like, no, I don't. That's what I said. Like, it's he didn't say anything yeah. that wasn't true. But I think, like no. I said, it's getting masked with the underperformance of, like the the fans aren't doing it I, for what he said. The fans okay, are doing it so, for the coach got fired and he's still underperforming. So what if he had said, and I guess it's a what if scenario that you don't know the answer to, I guess, hypothetically, if he had said, um, you know, what, Craig was a great coach and I'm sad to see him go, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, what comes next for us. And like, if he said something like the, that, the correct where? response, I think in that scenario is, you know, even if he had said, uh, no, you know, he's not my coach anymore. However, the players have to take some accountability here and we need to yeah. start performing up yeah. to expectations. Like, it, it, I think accountability, I mean, not to draw parallels, but like look at the difference in, in perception for Zach Wilson this year compared to last year, right? Like people are much more empathetic and sympathetic for Zach Wilson's situation this year than they were last year. Why? Because he takes accountability now. He's not yeah. passing it off on the rest of the team or anybody else or anything. And I think in these moments, you have an opportunity to say, you know, it sucks to watch a guy lose his job because we're underperforming. No matter mm. what you think, like that's that's the line, right? I also and, I, no, sorry, continue. I thought you were done. Your oh thought. no, I was gonna say that's kind of like not a get out of jail free card, but that's that's the thing. I I, I think the the reason why it's Cairo and why it's getting so much attention is because it's the dude who everyone has been talking about underperforming on that team the most. He's your number one center. 
you're expecting him to score 35 to 40 goals and produce at an 80 to 90 point pace. And he's not. And he's the one that makes the comment. If it's another player who makes the comment, who's at expectations outside of Braden Shen, because he's the captain, but like if it's somebody else, they probably just say, okay, maybe it's just a disgruntled player. But the fact that it's your number one center, who's drastically underperforming, I think is why it's being looked at so harshly. I did some quick math, and this is very quick and dirty math, but I, in previous years, he was about a 0.9 per ga- point per game player. Now he's on pace for 0.7. So there's regression there in terms of total points. In terms of goals scored, I think it's, it's like 0.42 or something. It's goals like per game, he's at like 0.2 right now. Yeah, so he's about bad. half as productive as he'd been in previous years. So yeah. But that's, you know, very rough math. But yes, there is some uh, statistical value there that's backing up what Maddie's saying. Yeah, so. if there, if there, if this is a fourth liner making this comment, people grab on it for a day, maybe be like, oh, clearly this guy in Barube didn't see eye to eye and they move on the next day. The fact that, again, number one center underperforming and he says it, I think is why everyone kind of gravitated to that. Barube wasn't the only head coach let go recently. We also saw... DJ Smith of the Ottawa Senators get dismissed as well, and uh, not without reason. The Ottawa Senators are dead last in the Eastern Conference. They are, I think, third last in the entire league as of recording, only above the Blackhawks and the Sharks, which, I mean, are two bad teams right now especially with all the things that went on with the Blackhawks. <laughs> I feel like the Blackhawks would be a, a little higher in the standings right now. They didn't have the whole Corey Perry thing. But nevertheless, Sharks have actually been better as of late. The Senators are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They have lost four in a row at time of recording. Oof. And their solution to this coaching problem they have is Jacques Martin, who is... 71 years old, and the last NHL game... He doesn't look 71. He doesn't look 71. He doesn't. No. Uh, The the last NHL game that he coached, do you remember that game? I think it was the Patrick Lalene game. Oh, Oh, sure was. Senators coach, yeah, it was Patrick Lalene. It was the game where Joe Neuendijk just chucked the puck on net and just kept going in on on Patrick Lalene. And both both goals were exactly the same. Yeah, just coming down the wing and just throwing it on the net and... Left side Somehow went in the net. <laughs> I also find it hilarious that Pizzas. Jacques Martin is the only coach in NHL history that even the, like it's a French name and we all pronounce it distinctly French. Like it could be Jacques Lemaire and we say Jacques Lemaire. It could be Jacques, uh, you know, Jacques Demer and we say Jacques Demer or whatever. But everyone says Jacques Martin. Right? It was Guy Carboneau, not Guy Carboneau. You know? No, it's Jacques Martin. I look on the Maple Leafs bench with Guy Boucher. Like we should be like Guy Boucher, but we don't say it like that. Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher. No, Jacques Martin. Yeah. Who's the the other guy? Who's the guy in Boston that used to coach the Habs? Michel Terrien. No, yeah, (laughs) Michel Terrien. We everyone goes Michel Terrien, like like they're from New York. Hey, Michel Terrien. I think that might be because of. Yeah, like the team plays in Boston. I bet hey, they. Michelle. No, we did it too. They we did too. Is the name? We did no, it too. No, but I'm just saying, like, we were like, just we were in... like Michel Terrien. No, we were like M- Michel Terrien. We do it. Peter Lavoulette. Mm. Like, no, 
I guess like, he's, we don't, he's American. And he's I American. I know, but whatever. <laughs> Sounds French. Who's the other one? Who's the fat one with the big, the big chin in Boston? One like, won the cup. Peter Shirelli. No. no, he was the GM. No. Why am I not remembering his name? Claude uh, Claude Julian. Oh, Claude Julien. Claude Julien. No, see, we just did it. I did it. Claude Julien. Everyone <laughs> says Claude Julien. Everyone says Claude Julien. Don't start with. What about me. what about Martin Saint Louis? Yeah, it should be Saint Louis. No, it should be Saint Louis. But it's Martin, Martin Saint Louis. But we say Martin Saint Louis. There's been a whole thing. Okay, so this happens a lot in pro sports where guys will either fill out paperwork wrong at the beginning Tony of the Lee. year, and then everyone just goes with it because that's what's in the media guide. And the media Tony guide Lee. comes out at the beginning of the year, and the media guide says, "Here's the person's name, and here's how to pronounce it." It's like Elvis Merzlikens. I was way off. Pretty much. Isn't it like Elvis Merzlikens now, or whatever the fuck? But like they. At some point, the pronunciation changed, and we still have Joe Bowen calling it the old name, but he's he's got a new one. It's like Ilya Kovalchuk. Is it Kovalchuk or is it Kovalchuk? To this day, I don't know the answer to that because it changed so many right. times. To but it's not, is it Jacques Martin or Jacques Martin, right? I'm just if, saying. If we pronounce Jacques Martin the way we pronounce everyone else, we'd be like Jacques Martin. I think the or reason is 100%. Because he plays or plays because he coached in Ottawa, which is a the most bilingual country we or country. No, the most, Claude most Julian coached city. the Habs, and I we called him Claude Julian. I'm telling you, it's a thing with his name that people just love to do. Jacques Martin. I'm telling you, it's it's weird. Nevertheless, Jacques Martin is back with the Ottawa Senators. I don't think it's going to make a, a lick of a difference. I think it's just a stopgap until Daniel Alfredson takes over yep. as head coach next year. They're looking at how it's working in Montreal with Martin Saint Louis. And they said, you know what? We're going to have Jacques Martin come in for a little bit. And then it's going to be uh, Daniel. <laughs> now Alfredson. you just sound like you're. <laughs> but no, it sounds egregious stuff. Yeah. Almost sounds okay, insulting. So, so you know, I, th- I think it is a stopgap for Alfredson. I think they, again, look at Montreal with St. Louis, see how it's going. And then they're like, hey, this could work out for us. But I think beyond that, it's another guy where the players aren't performing and DJ Smith takes the fall. I think the, that Alfredson, I don't think it has as much to do with St. Louis as it does with, you know, Alfredson standing next to Jacques Martin and taking reps, right? Like he needs to see the bench perspective. He has a seasoned coach who had success in, in Ottawa, um, you know, who's also went on to be, I think a fairly successful uh, assistant coach in other franchises. Um, so like you, you, you learn through osmosis in this scenario, the, the pro, I don't think DJ Smith was the problem at all in Ottawa. I mean, they've had horrendous goaltending with, mm-hmm. with Cor- Corpus Allo is not the guy. Um, remind me to clip that. I want to get that, they, that clip. They signed him like he was a number one tendie. Um, and then, you know, the, <laughs> I like the. I, there are pieces on that team that I absolutely love. I still don't look at it and feel as if the team is constructed yet. And like Shabbat's been injured, um, you know, and it's been they've they've had some tough tough goes here. They had the whole um, what's Pinto. his nuts? Hmm. Shane Pinto. Shane Pinto thing. Like they're in the the picks for the the trade of 
what's his balls? I, I don't know. It's just been Dadnov. very Dadnov, yeah. It's just been very no bueno for the Senators. What? No, it's just no. like you couldn't get these, and I'm just sitting here spouting off names. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. yeah, it's like Dadnov, <laughs> Pinto. Yeah. It sounds like a Ron McClain, Don Cherry situation here. Yeah, yeah, with the that guy, uh, Don, uh, the, 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 Donov. Yeah. The, the, the guy, Ted Dami, going at the loose. And that Shane Pants off, whatever his name is. <laughs> the Shane Pinto. Well, I think we can agree that regardless of who is coaching with the Ottawa Senators, they're probably not going to the playoffs. And it doesn't matter that Daniel Alfredson is behind the bench, even though he is a former Olympic gold medalist. 2006 don't forget that 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 hold on, just like again another digression that swedish team in 2006 was good like yeah, go back and look at really that roster good. they're beasts i yeah. literally just clicked on the article to see if i can find the roster um all right so here's the roster from captain the matt two- sundin you had daniel alfredson uh per johan axelson i didn't know who that guy is uh, Peter Forsberg was on that team. PJ Axelson. I, they just did uh, PJ. PJ. Okay. I'm like, who yeah. is that guy? <laughs> uh, Nicholas Havlin. I forgot about that guy. That guy was pretty good. Thomas yeah. Holmstrom. That guy was he a was good. beast. I'm Nicholas leave, uh, Cronwall, Nicholas Lidstrom, <sighs> Henrik Lundqvist, Annette, Freddie Modine. Ooh, that guy Mikhail, can shoot a puck. Mikhail Samuelson, Daniel and Henrik Sedin, Matt Sundin. Oh, here, here's the kicker. Other than, uh, Henrik Zetterberg also there. The kicker was uh, Mikael Telkvis in that. <laughs> That's a name I totally forgot about. That Great. team is all Hall of Famers, top to bottom. It's and then you look at the Canadian team, and you're like, oh, this is the women's team I'm looking at. <laughs> I was like, who the fuck are these people? The, the, Canadian, the Canadian team did really bad because that was the year they thought they could run it back with the same Salt Lake team on international ice, but the guys were all in their mid to late 30s, and they couldn't skate on the international ice. We had a summit. This. We had a hockey summit after that one. I don't have the actual roster in front of me right now, but nevertheless, it was uh, yeah, not the result that Canada wants. Every time Canada plays in these tournaments, they always just assume they're going to win. Which oh, that was the Turin team. Oh yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Which actually, funny story. They might play in Turin again because in Milan for the next winters, the arena may not be done, so they may have to go to Turin. Interesting. Also, they're well, doing the John Tavares thing right now for the 1,000th point. All right. That's right. Because while they were on the road, Tavares scored that two points in, on, against New, on, uh, the Islanders, which is pretty funny. Which pretty funny they, they ended up losing that game. Which they wouldn't do it on a Saturday night at home. No, but. of course not. Well, no, because Saturday night against the uh, Penguins oh, is already the, like a, it's a military night or something. Yeah. It's always something with the Maple Leafs. For sure. However, the real <laughs> what I was trying to get to with all these uh, championships and gold medals and whatever is that the NHL and the WWE have allegedly uh, formed an agreement that is to be announced soon. Similar to what WWE is doing with the championship belts with the NFL, they're going to be making NHL ones as well. And I had said today on Twitter that I'm immediately buying a Maple Leafs one if that's the case. However, I'm second thinking this now and third thinking, honestly, because one, the NFL ones don't really look that good, to be honest. 
And also, have you gone to wweshop.ca recently and checked out title belts? What are they, like $900? Uh, currently, I'm looking at an NFL one. It's $736.99. So here's the thing. If you don't get a lease one, which team would you want? Well, has to, I would only want a Maple Leafs one. I, I, no, I'm honestly, I'd either want a Ducks or a Flames one. No, maybe even a Rangers. A Rangers one would be sick. So here's, here's the thing. They could, if there's like thought put into this, they could make some awesome designs. Oh, the, uh, hockey, hockey logos are the best in sports. I'll fight anybody that tells me that that's not the case. I don't know if you're right. I'm not going to argue against that. I, what I would argue is that basketball is by far the worst. Yes. Because all of them are just a fucking basketball. Um, but again, like it, it all depends <laughs> on what these designs end up looking like. Because I am envisioning a blue strap with a similar gold plate to all the other teams. They have and one. Just a, the fucking team uses it. Just don't. Yeah. They, they do, but that was Edge made that belt. Yeah, but he's as close as what you're describing. You're describing that title belt. No. You <laughs> I, said I a guess blue strap. I am. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess I am. But what I meant is uglier <laughs> than that. <laughs> That's funny. We'll see. Um, what I, are, I do you guys, for, so for $740, do you have any, either of you have any interest in no. this? No. No, but if, say, someone came to me and I can get it for you for 50% off, then yes. There also aren't Maple Leaf fans who are going to go to games and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> check out my my no, authentic replica Maple Leaf championship. <laughs> I literally I see people points. walking around with championship belts at Maple Leafs games. And it's it's the edge one, too. So I don't know. I hate saying the edge. Like, I'm saying his name is the edge. And I know it's not the edge. It's like when I went and bought uh, his retirement T-shirt. And I said to the person selling the shirts, I'm like, hey, I'll get the Edge shirt. And I'm like, fuck, like, I don't, does this person think I think his name is The Edge? I meant The Shirt, but it's Edge's shirt. So anyways, it's a, this is the thing that keeps me up at night. (laughs) (laughs) Little things that bother me. If those are the things that keep you up at night, then you got a pretty good life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, cool. That Daryl Sittler doing the, like, stick presentations to the kids and uh, JT. Let's do this now. Because I want to talk a bit about UFC. But before we get there, I promised I had a Blue Jays update. And here it is. I can't. <laughs> All right, that's been your Blue Jays update for this week. And <laughs> wow. well, maybe we'll talk a bit more about the Blue Jays next week. Ooh. This past weekend, though, <laughs> was UFC 296. And the only thing I really want to talk about, because the other major thing that happened was clearly a wrestling angle. But what I think is funny is at the end of the prelims, right before they're about to go on the air for pay-per-view, like the last thing you see on television before it goes to pay-per-view, you hear the American badass music. And it's not The Undertaker. Out comes Dana White with Kid Rock. And Donald Trump, and it's like yeah, the they strangest... did this at the last UFC too, and it was but they with do it every show now, and it was with Tucker Carlson too, the last one. Yeah, it's uh. just so strange, and the the crowd erupts, and there's twenty thousand people in Las Vegas just cheering for Donald Trump, and they're high fiving the dude, and it just got me thinking, whether you like Donald Trump or not, and whatever the fuck, I don't care, but like, who cares? 
my my point is, can you think of a previous or current politician? And I guess he's technically not a politician, but I mean, he's a president for four fucking years. He's a politician. Can you think of a current or present or former or whatever politician that would get entrance music to a UFC event and get high fived on his way to his seat? No, but I think that says more about the people than it does about the person. (laughs) Like, I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's indicative of how revered Donald Trump is as. A lot of How white meat heads in that crowd. <laughs> yeah. How, like, white trash, you know, like, I mean, listen, some of us like well, Okay, but, but hold on, hold on. But let's also consider, and I don't know if you've seen this, but have you seen ticket prices for UFC 297 in Toronto? Isn't it, like, astronomical? Yes. So, like, to say that they're, like, you know, trailer trash, white, whatever the fuck, Listen, there are people in the city. There are people in the city going to debt to go to that. There are people in the city that would vote for Pierre Polyev. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I, and I think maybe, and this is diverting way too much in political conversation, but like, I think maybe the allure of Trump for some of these people is that, like, I think there is that segment, yeah, that are the lower class people who think Donald Trump's going to like. You know, be the, save the them. boot in the face. Yeah, they're going to save them. He's the boot in the face of like traditional politics. And then there's the rich people who are like, yo, this motherfucker's going to save me some money. Lie in my pockets. So, Dude, oh, 100%. Yeah, there's yeah. there's both. And like if you're in business, you know that this guy's going to lie in your pockets. If you're if you, if you're the type of person that blames all of your misfortunes on the government, this guy's going to save me because he's not government. Right? Like that's... Yeah. And then the yeah. majority that sits in the middle ends up not voting <laughs> for you. Like, and well, yeah. So well, and, also, too, it just came out that he, the Colorado Supreme Court, banned him on the ballot. Like he's not allowed being on the ballot in the state of Colorado. Interesting. Huh. That is interesting. We could spend hours <laughs> yeah. talking about this. So, but it's we'll, wild. We'll I don't move know. on. It's it's weird. And then you got Colby Covington coming out to Kurt Angle's theme and shaking his hand like they're family members. And dude, you should have heard Covington's promo at the. I don't know if you heard his promo at the end of the fight. No. Oof, that was the most Neanderthal sounding promo. No, like he was just he was just yelling shit, and like he was basically like like make America great again. I'll go vote for Donald Trump. I'm like, oh boy, um, <laughs> which is fine. That's who you want to vote for. That's fine. I don't care. But like he just sounded like an idiot saying it. And like the other thing that he said well, that's was the, thing, right? the other thing that he said was, um, oh man, like I. I could have kept fighting. I don't have a scratch on me. And like, he's literally bleeding from two spots in his head. He's like, I don't even have a scratch on me. I can keep going. It's like, all right. So here's the thing. Here's the the thing about wrestling promos. Okay. And again, don't care if you vote for Donald Trump. Don't care if you want to vote for someone else. I don't give a flying fuck. What I'm saying is in a wrestling promo, what you need to do is tell the truth and keep telling the truth. And when you finally start veering from that, people can't real people don't immediately realize that you're not because they've already the bought in. So you already have their trust. It's just like what CM Punk is doing right now. He's coming out, he's just saying all these truthful things about what he's doing, whatever, whatever. And then when he starts to say, "I'm going to go to the Royal Rumble and win the Royal Rumble," people are like, "Oh shit, he's going to win the Royal Rumble," because you're conditioned to believe that he is telling the truth. So when this motherfucker comes out here and say, I don't have a scratch on me, has literally two scratches on his fucking head, you, you lose all credibility. So yep. anyways, you want to build credibility. That's the idea. I built a lot of credibility, James. 
With who? I built I I built with our audience. I've built a lot of credibility for myself for 14 consecutive weeks telling you who's going to win a football game and who doesn't win a football game. And for 14 consecutive weeks, I was absolutely 100% right. But James, something happened. And I believe you have a clip to play. Uh, I do, somewhere. Oh, well, I believe you had, a, you had a clip to play. <laughs> it's here. Hang on. Okay. That's right. The streak has come to an end. Week 15 finally took me down. I think it deserves I had said. I had said. Well played. That the Atlanta Falcons were going to defeat the Carolina Panthers because the Panthers are shit. (laughs) What a game. But (laughs) But what I didn't realize. You know, see, I'm out here playing chess. Or excuse me. I'm out here. No, that's right. I'm out here playing chess, but. The Falcons are out there playing checkers. And I didn't realize that Arthur Smith doesn't actually want to win football games. <laughs> Dude, That's they need a quarterback just like the rest of them. <laughs> Brother, the Carolina Hurricanes are players are our team in the Panthers? NHL. Oh, yes. no, you got it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Carolina Panthers. Samsonite. I was way off. Have one of the worst run defenses in the entire NFL. But incredible pass defense. The Atlanta Falcons have one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. Arthur Smith said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pass the ball. And we're going to run fucking screens to Cordell Patterson. What? Why? Bijan Robinson sitting right fucking there. (laughs) Anyways. Dude, the Panthers have a high-rated pass defense, and I don't understand why they just didn't shove the ball up their throat with both Bijan and Tyler Algier. Algier, oh yes. Algier, whatever, fuck. Jacques Martin, whatever. <laughs> Jacques, Jacques Martin. So the actual correct play this week was to not listen to anything we said because James also said the Cowboys over the Bills, which was not Woof, did not happen. Oh, and Maddie said the Packers. Over. Maddie said the Packers over the Bucks, which did not happen either. Shocking. So let's uh, quickly run through all the other things that happened and did not happen in the NFL this week. Started off with Thursday with a bang. Jesus, what a game this was. The Raiders over the Chargers, 63. 63 to 21. After a week where they put up, like, what was it? They, were None. they the ones who lost? Zero. Three nothing, they got shut they out. The three it was three nothing. They got shut out. Um, it was such an embarrassing loss that Brandon Stanley got fired the next day. Dude, I was talking to my boy Dave at the card shop, and we were like, fucking hammer the under. This is 35, hammer (laughs) the under. So I hammered the under, Chargers plus three, Eckler to score a touchdown. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, that that was was rough. Literally, if you bet the exact opposite of all that, you would have (laughs) won. I would have won money. (laughs) I should be, I could Costanza every one of my bets. I'll do the opposite. Hi, I'm unemployed. I live with my parents. Then we were graced with Saturday football, which is always fun. Uh, we had the Vikings and Bengals, and my dude, Ty Chandler, just a shrewd waiver wire pickup on my behalf. 132 yards and a touchdown. 
They still lost the game. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if the Vikings win or lose the games. Ty Chandler, baby. That's all that, all that matters. He won you some fantasy football. How sure about did. Browning, though? 300-something yards and two touchdowns. Like It's not, not a bad day. Not a bad day at all. A bad day for the Colts, though. Uh, they won the game, but they ended up losing Ooh, both Michael Pittman, Pittman Jr. and Zach Moss to injury. That hit on Pittman was That's vicious. Disgusting. Almost yeah, as bad as uh, Buddy on the Ravens. And it yeah. escapes me now the name of the dude who, who laid the hit, uh, mainly because I never remember the name of defensive players. Um, but uh, dude got suspended. Yeah. And shortly after that, I think it was Tom Brady who posted on Instagram or wherever, where he's like, that's not his fault. Like, maybe Minshew shouldn't throw the fucking ball in such a way to murder his own wide well, receiver. In hockey, we call those suicide passes. Suicide pass, you, yeah. You get decked. Oh, the funny thing is, is like if you give a suicide pass in hockey to like a player like that, the coach will rip you a new one. Yeah, yeah because it's on fault. you to protect your teammate. Yeah. And then the evening game also made me very happy, and I think you gentlemen might know why. But this was the Lions over the Broncos, forty-two seventeen. Lions and all on the back of who was probably going to be the best tight end by the end of the season. And that's one Sam Laporta, Sam Laporta who had not one, not two, but three touchdowns. What a pick. Like Sam not Laporta. by you, but like what a pick by the Lions. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just yeah. does it in the <laughs> Not by you. It's fucking obvious. <laughs> then moving into Sunday, we had the Browns and the Bears. Uh, Joe Flacco. Oh my God. Dialing the clock back. You know what? Three interceptions, but still, still got he should the win. just arrive to the stadium in a DeLorean. Like if I was Joe Flacco, that's how I would show up. Honestly, I, pull up. I picked. Yeah, you pull up in a DeLorean. Yeah, I mean he could afford it. Three hundred seventy-four yards so for Joe he, Flacco through the air. <laughs> Twenty bucks says he showed up in a stained trucker hat, wife beater, hacking a dart, case of beer in a hand. In track pants, without a hole in the knee, and he's just like, "All right, boys, let's play Where's some football." Where's my locker? Someone yeah. show me my locker. You know, th- three hundred seventy-four yards and two touchdowns is a hell of a game. But the next game, the Buccaneers in Green Bay, Baker fucking Mayfield, three hundred and eighty-one yards and four touchdowns. Guy is good this in year. In Lambo, he's good you know, this it, year. Every week, it feels like on the show, we say, is Baker good? <laughs> Dude, I like, feel like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, like, they're legit. He has some sort of weird gel with these guys. I mean, it's not weird. That's what you're supposed to find in pro sports. But they seem to have found a dynamic between these players that is paying off. Um, yeah. let's, put a, let's put a pin in that because that just reminded me of something. Uh, Mike Evans. We'll come back to that later if we have time. We'll come back if, if we have time. Uh, Texans, Titans, 1916 Texans. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone cares about this game, honestly. Mm. The hilarious one, though, is the Dolphins and Jets. It's not hilarious an at hour, all. <laughs> an hour before this game, news came out. Tyreek Hill ain't playing. And I figured that was the end of my fantasy season. Like, all right, well, the Tyreeking Havocs have... Reached their peak. That's going to be it for me. I was happy I made the playoffs considering the bad luck I had all year. 
But even without Tyreek Hill, I still managed to make the playoffs. But even without Tyreek Hill, the Miami Dolphins, mainly on the back of Raheem Mostert, who now has the record for most, most touchdowns by a Dolphin ever, with 19 or whatever the fuck it is, is insane. 30 nothing over the Jets. A shout out to the Jets. And okay, so this is why it's really important. And I know it's, it may sound like we're saying it's more important because uh, two of the three people on the show are Jets fans. Uh, me being smart enough not to be. But the, the big headline here is twofold. One, with this loss, the Jets are done. They're officially eliminated and they cannot make the playoffs. Because they now can't make the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers ain't playing. Aaron Rodgers is done for the season, which is probably the best case scenario, though, because you don't want him. You don't want them to be barely Dude, fighting to get in and come even. back out too early. Not even Zach Wilson got sacked four times and has a concussion. I don't want that O line anywhere near Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, for anything that, that like, old, they should do nothing but overhaul that O line in the off season. Zach Wilson I had the like... game of his career last week, and that's how they that's how they return the favor. I, I, if Aaron Rodgers did come back, and he is now confirmed on the Pat McAfee show earlier today that he's still about three to four weeks away, which would end his season. And I wonder if like the Jets were still in it, if he would say, you know, I'm two weeks away. I think he yeah. probably could have pushed it if they were in a playoff position. But obviously like if it came down to the last game, he comes back for that one. Yeah, I can see that being a possibility. Oh, if they had won, but, if they beat the Dolphins, he would have played next week. And if he did... I think it would have been a Doug Gilmore situation. Oh, yes. where first play, he's because that O line and that O line does not give else. a shit about anyone behind them. They don't it's, like, or they're just not good enough. It's and it, honestly, and that's it's, it. it's embarrassing. And is what you know what? They, as professional athletes, dude, it's it's Cincinnati Bengals levels of bad. I just I outside because like you you draft one guy, sure. But like what? Like one guy isn't going to change your O line. Like what do you do? But they've oh, but they've drafted two O linemen very high. Vera Tucker and Makai Becton were supposed to be linchpins on this offensive line, and they've been atrocious. I just I don't, I don't what do you trade them? Try to I don't know. Chiefs and Patriots twenty one or twenty seven seventeen Chiefs. Um, I love the headline here on ESPN for this game is. Chiefs beat Patriots 27-17 to thrill Taylor Swift and Swifties and crowd. <laughs> That's how little people care about the Patriots. It's like, it's all about the Chiefs and Taylor Swift. No Dude, one else it's matters. it's scary that almost how little people care about the actual Chiefs now. Yeah. They're only 9-5. and five. I mean, it's because this game was against the Patriots, a lot of people were talking about this, where it's quite remarkable when you look back at the dynasty that the New England Patriots had, when you look at the state of the Kansas City Chiefs right now, when you I think, think it's of, remarkable for all the powerhouse teams in the NFL, like the Bills, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Eagles. Well, the the point is like to, for the Patriots to have been as successful as they were year in year out, year in year out for so long, and there's so many great teams in the NFL that we thought were like dominant teams that have fallen off, right? Like the Chiefs aren't as dominant as they were. The Bills are not as dominant as they were. The Eagles have lost three in a row. And it's... Yeah. It just it just goes to show, like, man, that Brady-Belichick era was unmatched and we'll probably never, never see it again. again. It, it probably adds to 
the narrative of Tom Brady being the best, one of the best of all time or the best of all time because of the amount of rings and how he did it over such a short period of time, right? Like the closest you'll get is Mahomes Reed, but I don't think like you get close. You don't yeah. match or surpass. Probably. But it's not even close. They're fucking eight and five or whatever. Derek well, Carr threw three touchdowns against but against the New York Giants. So I think that was probably that's, expected. Yeah, that's like um, that's like a, a prorated stat. Any other team? Tommy, that's like have one. you seen Tommy Salami's agent on the sidelines and that guy's yes. outfit? We're talking about Tommy DeVito. Is over. Yeah, about. his agent looks straight out of a twenties gangster. I feel like he's gonna come down and say, like, "Tommy Dude, wants this." Say he watched Dick Tracy and said, "I need those clothes." <laughs> he was like, "That's I what was I need." Re- flat top. He's. I flat was top. reading on uh, Twitter today where DeVito apparently went to like the social media team and was like, "Enough." Like, I just want to play football. Stop like with the Italian shit. Like, just I just want to play football. Good on so, him though. Um, we'll because see. Like, York. Th- you're in New York, yeah. though, right? But just think, if you're this dude, that's like, and that's like Yao Ming playing basketball in China, and it's like Yao Ming playing basketball in China, and be like, enough with the Chinese shit. No, I, no, I, I think just, he's yeah, go on, Matty. I was just gonna say, I just think it's you know, what if this guy is like, look, man, I don't, I want to be able to play football because, real talk, he's probably not going to be on the Giants next year, and if there's a team looking for a quarterback who maybe looks at him and says, you know what, maybe there's something we can work with here and he's got a real opportunity to be a starting. He wants to be a quarterback, not a character. Well, then he needs to get his agent off the fucking sidelines. Yeah, that, <laughs> yes. that would be a big help too. Or tell Stop. him, be like, look, if you're going to be there, don't dress like you're Al Capone in <laughs> Chicago in 1919. This guy's ready for prohibition. Yeah. Shane? Uh, we talked about this one already. Uh, 9-7 Carolina Panthers because Arthur Smith is an asshole and Bijan Robinson had seven fucking carries. We'll move on. The Rams over Commanders and Kyron, Kyron Williams. This guy. We haven't talked about him enough this year. No. But my God, he is probably the second best running back in the league. And it's not even close. He had 27 carries for 152 yards. Yeah. It's obscene. Under the radar. We'll see what he does next week, but and the, yeah, under the radar for sure. 49ers and Carolina um foul, or <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you are struggling. Dude, uh, yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a day. Adora Forest, Ophalactory, Marinations. 49ers and Arizona Cardinals, thank you. And another another <laughs> day for Cardinals. another another it's a red bird, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, another day for Christian McCaffrey. I think oh. he is probably my number one for MVP vote this year. Should be as all the other quarterbacks are kaif. Like they haven't, like they're losing games. I think going into this week, it was probably Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Tyreek Hill, and Christian McCaffrey. But with Hill missing this week, and both Dak and Jalen not looking now. Look, Jalen was sick, so. It, I'll give him a pass, but Dak definitely not looking like an MVP uh, on the next game we're about to talk about. We might as well get there right now. Uh, Bills over Cowboys 31-10, and it wasn't fucking close at any point in this game. It was was bad. Like That one touchdown from the Cowboys was garbage time, I think. So this was real, real, real bad for the Cowboys. Um, For the MVP conversation, I I think if Tyreek hits 2,000, you have to give it to him. Yeah, maybe. You know, like if he if he cracks that mark, because that would be historic. 
Um, Low key though, now, Tyreek hits two thousand. Maybe it gets to a the <laughs> the MVP. No, I, I think no, no because I think I think they know that it's Tyreek driving that, not Tua driving that. It depends like, I don't on think you know what yard. I would like to see yards after. Completion. I was just gonna say the yard after catch is probably, but even then, like there's still so many plays that Tyreek's gonna run an insane route, like 30, 80 yards down the sure. field and no one can catch him, right? So, oh. it's it's tough, but I see your point, yeah, for sure. I just I I think the top two for me right now would be like you said, Tyreek and McCaffrey. I just I don't know. I kind of Dak. I don't see how he could be MVP with how inconsistent the year's kind of been for him a little bit. You know, like it was a little sus and had some games at the start that didn't look great. But then he came on really strong and was consistent for like the past six, seven weeks. And then last night just absolutely lays an egg. I I told you that the only way the Cowboys win is at home against sub 500 teams. When they play on the road against teams that have above 500 records, they're fucking trash. And they, even though I picked the Cowboys because I thought maybe they're going to turn this shit around, they didn't because they are who they thought we were. Or they were. You also had to pick the Cowboys because we're running out of teams, and yes. we in our in our pool we can not use the same team twice. Even though I bet against the same team all the time, you can't bet on the team to win. We gonna change uh, this rule once. next year. Yeah, next year you can only <laughs> bet against a team three times max. All right, well, we'll I'll consider that. Someone who is entering into the MVP conversation now that maybe Dak is out is Lamar Jackson. Now, look, I know I've complained about him for fantasy purposes, but the guy consistently rushes for over 100 yards. They win games. Yeah. And they win games. And he's the driver of those games. It's they have nobody like, on that team, and they win games. Yeah. yeah they are the number one team in the AFC with a, a record of 11 and 3. So, are they, are they not the number one team in the league, or they share that with San Fran? Yeah, San Francisco is also 11 and 3. So yeah, so your, your NFC leader. But look at San Fran's fourth. roster compared to Baltimore's. Like you could, I couldn't name yeah. four people on Baltimore's roster. You don't know Odell Beckham Jr. Are you kidding me? Mark Andrews. Okay, Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham Jr. Mark Andrews. Yeah. Jason Tucker. <laughs> Devin Duvernay. I got there. Uh, you mean? I, I think you mean Justin. Justin I think you mean Tucker? Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker. Yeah, his, 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 his brother Jason his is brother. the one that oh. works at Whole Foods. <laughs> works at Whole Foods. <laughs> Uh, speaking of brothers named Jason, the uh, final game of the week was the Eagles and the Seahawks. And what a controversy, dude! So many things in this game. The offside his call, his foot didn't touch. His foot actually didn't touch on a different angle, which is hilarious. Dude, on the exception like, at the end of the game, Jason Kelsey moving the ball. And apparently, Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, been doing that for a long time, right. and the league knows it. So. Mm. Uh, when I saw it, when I saw the slow mo video, like up close, I'm like, wow, that's like a full, like that's almost half a yard. Before we condemn him, though, I want to see videos of every other center in the league and see how often that happens because I bet it happens a lot. So it's just it's really egregious in that video, though. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. Um, good news is that next week is Christmas, so not only do we get games on Sunday, but we get games on Saturday as well. And we get three games on Monday. And if you're a basketball fan, NBA is loaded on Christmas Day. Yeah. And Thursday, of course, there's Thursday Night Football as well. So all sorts of games happening this coming week in the NFL. And we are going to give you our picks because it worked out so well last week. And all three of us 
were wrong last week, but nevertheless, we're going to give you our picks for week 16 in the NFL. Only three weeks left in the football season. I am going to go back to Old Faithful. Even though I bet against them last week and didn't work out, I solely blame that on the Falcons and not on the Panthers being good in any way. So I'm going to continue the trend of betting against the Panthers, and I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers over the Panthers. Packers are currently favored by four and a half. James. I'm flipping the script. I know I told you I'm taking the Bears. I'm going to take the Cardinals. Oh. Over the Bears. I think that the... I, I think both teams are very similar. I just think I think the Cardinals have some legs here. I just got a feeling. And what's the, so what's the, the line on that? Are, <laughs> Cardinals are on the road, and they are four-and-a-half-point dogs. Yeah. I think, actually, that to me, that's more like a pick em, So there might be value in the Cardinals. All right. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it, it sure plays is. out. <laughs> and Maddie, yours. I am taking the resurging Broncos who actually have a shot to get there if they went out. Um, and their defense since week eight has been arguably one of the best in the NFL. seems like their offense has picked it up. Russell Wilson finally knows how to play football again. Let's um, ride. Let's ride. So Broncos and also the Patriots are averaging 12.2 points a game. So Ooh, baby. I'm going to take the Broncos. Yeah, it's a great defense. That's more like four and a half. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly, right? So uh, I I feel like that's a fairly easy one. I feel like the Patriots at this point are just tanking to try and get that first pick or number two pick to take one of those top quarterbacks. And then, you know, um, so I don't even think at this point, if the rumors are true that Belichick's potentially out, he's probably like, fuck you. So let's go to the Chargers. Wouldn't be surprised. So... No, I like that pick. Uh, Broncos are favored by a touchdown um, in that one. If you were to parlay all those together and threw five bucks on it, you'd make 20 bucks. And that's mainly because of James's insanity going with the Cardinals over the Bears. Listen, <laughs> I have nothing it. to lose. Not Men with nothing to lose are dangerous. That's true. Also, just to say, this weekend, you forgot to mention coming up, the bowl schedule is starting. Actually, it starts tonight with the Frisco Bowl. No one really cares about all of the bowl games in college, but like, you know, when you start getting into Saturday where you get how many bowls do you really need? That's what I'm saying. There's like 30 bowl games, but then there's the ones that the ones that people actually care about, which is like if everyone um, gets a trophy, does anyone actually have a trophy? It's like having a wrestling promotion with only seven footers. Do you have any giants? (laughs) Yeah. So, but yeah, like it's people. It's like the Citrus Bowl, and then but obviously the two bigs are the uh, the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. So I'm a big fan of Tostitos Bowl myself. <laughs> or a, a more topical example is AEW. You have a promotion of nothing but five foot five dudes. Do you have any minis? <laughs> do flippy <laughs> shit. Or do you have any wrestlers? <laughs> I can say that as a five foot five man. Anyways, um, I you're think five it's time five? for. I you're like five seven. I'm probably somewhere between five five and five seven. It's, I'm probably like five five and a half, five six maybe. I don't know. You know, I, what? I think. I... I think I thought you were taller because anytime I've actually seen you in person, you've been in the ring and I've been mm-hmm. out of the ring. Mm-hmm. So like I see you and I'm like, oh, this dude. Okay. I, if I stand next to you, man, you could hold my pocket. I would probably be, you know, I saw uh, Wonka over the weekend 
And I probably could have played uh, the Oompa Loompa that Hugh Grant played. Yo, good. Uh, you know what? I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I heard it's a really good it's musical. Not as, yeah, my, so, like, my wife it, will be so happy. It's a musical, so like it's not great, but like for a musical, I enjoyed it, and um, it's not better than the original. The original is fucking incredible. No, nothing but, will touch Gene Wilder's performance. No, no. The 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 remake Charlie and Chocolate Factory that that movie's fucking horrible. I don't know like, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah like Dirt Wars. That I remember when we were growing up. Like that was a thing that was in Hot Topic and stuff, and like Spencer's and whatever. Like people cared about that movie for some reason. Not it's good. Terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. So dog, literal dog one, water. <laughs> better than that one, but not as good as Gene Wilder. So it's in between. Okay. And you know what? I, I asked because Loki, I've been slowly becoming quite a big Timothy Chalamet fan because mm. I, I saw him in uh, what was that DiCaprio movie where the world's ending and he's the scientist. Uh, don't look up. Yeah. Don't look up. He was hilarious in his role in that, which was surprising um, that he was like the street urchin. Um, and then obviously Dune and shit like that. So I'm, I'm becoming a big fan of Timothy Chalamet and his SNL skits are great. Well, with that being said, I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. That's right. It's everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's a segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music. I'll go first. And I feel like I may be stepping on Maddie's toes. So Maddie will go last because he may need to recover after I give out my shout out, which is to, of course, Easton Cowan and Fraser Minton. I don't know what Maddie just said to me in the text, but... It's not that. Okay. Uh, Razor Minton and uh, Easton Cowan, who are, of course, Toronto Maple Leafs, but also, more importantly, over the next couple of weeks, are going to be representing Team Canada in the World Juniors, which we're going to talk a bit more about next week as the mm-hmm. tournament officially kicks off on Boxing Day. Boxing Day, yeah. Can't wait for that. I can't wait to see the Maple Leafs boys do well for Team Canada, and I'm sure they will do very well in the tournament and we'll be very proud of them. So shout out to those boys uh, representing Toronto. Go ahead, Jim. You want me to go ahead? Yeah, yeah. Because that wasn't right. mine. So we're good. My shout out is I don't even know who this fucking guy is, but I'm <laughs> going to just play it. And it's my shout out for the fucking the goat. <laughs> oh, look at this. Look at that. <laughs> was that the clip going around this week of like some guy freaking out about something i don't remember what it was it's a hockey play but that, that's the guy's call as a guy basically does like a semi end to ender from like the blue line right I, dude i'll play it again because it's worth it hang on okay like the disinterest in any of this yeah <laughs> Look at this, look at that. <laughs> so shout out to that dude for giving the absolute Doug Roach, fucking former it's a it's Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Uh they apparently let anybody call games if they're interested. Um he does it fairly often. It sounds like <laughs> Ontario indie wrestling. So 
<laughs> okay. So he is a former junior player in that league who's a huge community guy. Everyone loves this guy. And apparently that's not the only call he has like this. Oh boy. Apparently oh. there is a Rolodex. Dude, if there is a there is a whole server or data set full of these, I am digging. Yeah. Because you, I'm playing it one you, more time. No, like, do, you have, do, you, do you have the extended <laughs> clip? No, that's the, it goes that's the longer. Oh. It goes longer, and it's fantastic. I'm playing this one more time. There's a there's a good chance we might even be able to get him on the show. We should. <laughs> I don't know. He's a pretty popular guy right now. Like you might see in football. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> So, good. so yeah, the, the the extended clip apparently has him being like, "Oh, like a banana peel." <laughs> what? I have to find yeah. this. Here, you search for it while I do my. Oh shout yeah, you out. go. Yeah. Um. Okay. So those weren't my shoutouts. So thank you, Dustin. Mm. My I actually have two. One is kind of uh, we talked about it a little bit, but it's uh, like in our other Discord. Um. The first one is to shout out to Insomniac Games. Man, mm. I know they had that hack and. As much as us as fans like to see what's coming, be like, oh my God, and it gets us hyped. It also takes away from the surprise aspect where you have that moment where like we watch the game awards or where we could watch other things and kind of all get hyped up. It takes that away from things these guys are like, yo, people are gonna love this, and they get really excited about it. And to have it ruined like this, that that just sucks. And having knowing people that work in the game industry and to see all their hard work kind of get shit on like that. Yeah, it, it sucks. So I just want to shout out them because, you know, they've crushed it with their games lately, especially Spider-Man, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you really feel for them uh, for that. And then my other one goes to Bobby McMahon, first NHL goal for oh, the, yeah. the other night. And, you know, for a dude who's just yeoman's work, you're happy for guys like that. You know, what I will say about the Insomniac thing, what sucks is that there's so many media outlets like... IGN and Polygon and all these big media that will outlets. Stay that away from their their fucking like headlines on Twitter was Insomniac leak says this this and this coming in this year and the, like those you do an entire fucking news article. It's like yeah. what are you doing? Like yeah. this is this is privileged information that was leaked out that you weren't supposed to see and now you're using it to get clickbait. You know, cl- it's just that's bullshit. Well, and, I mean that's I mean that's how any media outlet works. Your job is to know the news but, and that's news. Yes, but there's. There's probably ways you can do it without like making it wow. making a thumbnail of saying click on this to see you know I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I hear it you. Didn't, didn't it didn't sit well with me and I saw some outlets and I know I'm a big but fan of But if you don't someone people. will and that person's going to leapfrog and it's just who cares? <laughs> Does it matter if they have the story and you don't who gives a shit? Well, I'm sure the, the I mean, people that, who that, the that is the whole news industry, and right? The, but. The no, but if you miss one story that people are going to forget about in, the, in, a, in a day, the, the world keeps turning, and right. you would you would be but, in. But a that's a counter argument to your thing too. People forget about it in a day. No, but who's not going to forget it's Insomniac Games, right? So, what I'm saying is, I've seen other outlets like Kind of Funny who said we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about what happened in the yeah, leak. Done We're that not going to mention yeah. it. We're just, this was acquired illegally and was a ransom. And this is the result of them not giving into the ransom. And we're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty fucking cool. So 
Yes. 100% agree with Maddie. Shout out to Bobby McMahon. Shout out Wait. to Insomniac Games for. I have the full there. clip. Okay. <laughs> it's so good. All right, it's time for us to it's do so a split rooney and get out of here. There ain't no slipping on a banana peel on our way out, I tell you that. Roof daddy. So good. Oh, look at this. Look at that. We'll see you next week. And what we plan might be a, an abbreviated episode next week. Yeah, holidays. It'll be a holiday episode next week. We don't expect there to be major breaking news. I mean, unless the Blue Jays decide to do something we have to do a long unless there's another Manitoba game (laughs) yeah unless that guy has another call we'll just dedicate a whole episode to that yeah Uh, but I I feel like from the Blue Jays all we're going to hear is you know (laughs) that's that's what I expect but you know we'll see so expect an abbreviated episode next week and perhaps the week after as we we get through the holiday season and I'm sure you're busy uh, with your friends and family as well so you don't have time to listen to a two hour uh, podcast (laughs) but Until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered. Jesus Christ, that's the wrong one. Come on, man. You're killing me. All right. It's eight. Listen, I didn't mispronounce everyone's names today, right? You were the Carolina Cardinals. Also the one who just said we're not going to have a split daddy on the way out, but we just did. Yeah, we definitely slipped on a banana peel. Oh, God. We're spare parts here, boys. Look at this, look at that.